If you have your Bibles with you, will you turn to Psalms 107, excuse me, 103, verse 7. 103, verse 7, Psalms 103, verse 7. Verse 103, verse 7, still dealing with the second sermon of uh, vertical Christianity, to know him, to know him, be the subject matter. Psalms 103, verse 7, reading from the Amplified Bible, reads as such in our ears. It says, he may know his ways of righteousness, of justice to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. That's it. That's all. That's all. Father, even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, uh, Lord, even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, be glorified, be lifted up. Allow me to become an instrument of your glory that they may, that we may see Christ. Lord, if you will, do it even now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I guess I need to make sure that we don't miss what this series is really all about. I, I, guess, I guess, you know, you wonder what does vertical Christianity really stands for? What, what does it really mean? In my thinking, in, in, my, in my understanding, from what I see, sometimes we can have a good time without God. In church, God can write Ichabod all over the place, and we would not even know that the presence of God is not even in the place. Everything that sounds like church isn't church. Everything that acts like church isn't really church. The essential element of worship, the essential element in our Christian life is the presence of God. If you take that out of it, we don't have nothing. And here what, what has happened in a lot of ways, in a lot of essence, is that, that, that the church today, the, the church in America especially, we are so spoiled. We got worship down. We, we got church packed down. We know what to do, when to do, how to do. But, 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 but sometimes, if we're not careful, 
We can have a good time enjoying one another and never experience Christ in the place. Matter of fact, sometimes we have regulated our Christianity to Sunday morning. God does not go past Sunday. Matter of fact, Sunday about 2 o'clock, we put him back in his box. Then the rest of the week, it's about me, mine, and I. And if we're not careful, we will compartmentalize our relationship with Jesus. And we take him out Sunday morning and put him back up Sunday afternoon. Uh, Y'all don't have to say amen. I say amen my own self. Amen, preacher. If we're not careful, we will lose the essence of the presence of God that is with us every single moment, every single second that lay down with us, get up with us, go to work with us, go to school with us. Wherever we go, the presence of God is there. It's not that he's not there. It's that we are losing or have lost a sensitivity or have not developed a sensitivity to know that, oh, my God is praying. You can, you, can, you can get happy with God all by yourself. You don't need a whole church full. Huh? When he's real, you don't mind praising him in, in, in the parking lot at a grocery store because God has just said something, does something, and you don't care who like it and does. I think that I think I think that the church is in need of getting their minds blown. How is it that Hebrews chapter four, verse one and two tells us that the children of Israel that they saw the power of God being manifest as God delivered them from Egypt, but when it came time for them to to walk over in the promise that God said, I will give you. Notice what he said, you don't have to take it, I'll give it to you. That, that they did not have faith to trust him. I think that Psalms 103 verse 7 helps us to say they knew the acts of God, but somehow they didn't know him. Walk with me through this thinking process, okay? Walk with me through this thinking process. If all you have is information, information won't keep you. There has to be an experience of knowing God that is deeper than just what you see. You got to move from what people have told you, what your mama told you, what your daddy told you, what the preacher told you, that you can say deep inside, I know he's real. Not only is he just real, I know he's good. Uh, Let me explain. 
To know the ways of God is knowing the character of God is knowing who he is. You know, I, I, I can write to you. I can read all the books I want to about the Apostle Paul. I can study his letters. I can get a sense of who he is, but I never knew him. Why? Because I never met the essence of the man. I see what he writes. I, I, I read the stories, but it's not. You can hear all you want about Christ and still walk out of the church without knowing him. I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. How else do you explain Judas? So close, but yet too far away. How, in the, how, how did he miss the glory that was in his face? How can we miss? How? And I'm afraid that too many of us is missing it. Buckram is a, used to be an atheist that died, used to write philosophy, and he said this, if I find myself in heaven, I'm going to tell God, not enough evidence. God, you didn't give enough evidence for there to be an intelligent faith. Robbie Zechariah, who is an apologetic, who defends the faith, says this. And I, I agree with him. He says that faith is, is not because it's not intelligent. He said, it's not that we don't have enough evidence to believe. Look at the sky. Look at the trees. Look at the birds. Look at the earth. Where, wherever you see intelligent design, there must be an intelligent designer. You won't find a watch and think that that watch made itself. You know that if you see a watch and it's ticking and running, there must be, there, there got to be a watchmaker somewhere, and you are more complicated than a watch. There must be a creator somewhere. It's not that. It's not that they reject him on intelligence. They reject him on moral, moral issues. Let me explain. See, we do anything to sin. And when we don't want to be accountable for our sin, we take away the accountability by saying there's no God. Oh. <laughs> Rational thinking. If I, don't want to ch if I don't want to change, then I change my accountability so I don't have to feel... So I can live a guilt-free life if I just believe that when you did, you're done. But if I believe I got a, a, a creator to stand before, then I just can't live anyway because I'm going to have to give account for. How is it that these children of Israel have seen all of this and they still don't? We know that knowing him going to cost you something. Yeah. Amen. 
that you just can't know a guy like this and stay the same. So sometimes what happens is we, is not God staying aloof of us, it's us staying aloof of God. Because if I get any closer, it may cost me something. But let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, that the greatest cost we suffer is not knowing him. Because there's nothing like knowing him. And matter of fact, once you know him, you got a desire to get more of him. Because once you taste and see that the Lord is good, not just sometimes, but all the time, it moves you. I just want to know, is there anybody in the house been moved? Is there anybody in the house that knows that your Savior, your, your deliverer, your, your way maker, he's not just good sometimes, he's good all the time. And there's something inside of you that wants more of what you got. Don't get too satisfied with where you're at. There's more of him. Quit looking at folks. Quit. Get you right. Too many folks, I look at the folks in church and you need to take your eyes off of folks. Put it on a perfect savior. Nobody ever said that we're a perfect church, but we do have a perfect savior. We're growing in grace. We're growing in love. But once you see Jesus, Here Paul is. Paul is the up and rising star of the Pharisees. He's a bad shut your mouth. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> Nobody equals Paul in his intelligence, in his diligence, in his, in his zeal. Paul was bad. He was a young man, and he was rising to success. It happened in Acts chapter 9 when Paul was on his way to Damascus. And on his way to Damascus, Jesus Christ showed up as a bright, shining star, knocked him off his donkey. Paul falls down. He had an encounter with something greater than himself. And once he had that encounter, he never went back to what he used to be. Paul said, yes, Lord. I tell you something. If you really have a true encounter with Jesus Christ, Buddha can't touch him. Muhammad can't touch him. You'll begin to realize he's more than just a man upstairs. He's God. He's God. He's God. He's God. You can't tell me that you see Christ and remain the same. If you really see his glory. What do you mean his glory? Yeah, I need to define that. Glory is the expression of who he is. It is seeing a part of his, his, his character. It, it's seeing something of his attributes. It's seeing him as God. God is always trying to show himself to us. Y'all didn't hear that. Let me say it again. God is always trying 
to show himself to us. He's trying to show us a glimpse of who he is. He would even use the trouble in your life to make you dig deeper. Oh, man. Oh, man. Some of you are wondering why you're going through the H-E-L-L that you're going through. You, you say, I, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, Lord. Why am I going through this? Maybe God is trying to make you dig deeper. Let me explain. See, when it gets hot too hot, the only place to go is deeper. Is there anybody in a hot spot? You don't, you don't have to raise your hand, but is there anybody where it's getting hot up in here in your life? If you could, you would drop it like it's hot, but it sticks to you. The, the, the hotness of life, the troubles of life, is one way that God says, I want to show you more of myself. <laughs> I need to get your attention because I know human beings that unless it gets hot, we would take the easy way out. But, but, if, but when it gets hot, you recognize I don't have nobody else to run to. I'm talking about when your mama can't help you, when your daddy can't help you, when your friends can't help you, when the pastor can't help you, when nobody can't help you but God. We have a way, instead of looking horizontally, we begin to look up. Why do you think the summit says to, to look over the hills from what's coming my help? For my help, my help comes from the Lord. Somebody, thank God got you looking up. Because if he didn't have you looking up, you'd be looking every place else. Sometimes you need to thank God for the trouble. Because the trouble done saved your life, not just kept your life, but saved you from yourself. Paul, 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 Paul blows me away in Philippians chapter 3 when he talks of, he said, he said I was a Pharisee. He said, he said concerning zeal, nobody matched me. He said, I'm a, of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrew. He said, you want to go down my resume? Go down my resume. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He said, you want to talk about someone who had it together? I thought had it together. He said, I want to talk about the law? He said, he said blameless, blameless. I, I, I did it to the letter. That's outside letter. I did the outside stuff, but his heart was messed up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Hmm. He said, he said I, I have my own righteousness. But then he said, something happened. One day, I saw Jesus. And when I saw Jesus, everything else in comparison became pale to seeing him. I, I think that, that we need to get a bigger glimpse of the glory 
of Jesus because, because if you want your mouth to act right, see Jesus. If you want your walk to get better, see Jesus. If you want to learn how to love folks, see Jesus. See, I believe that before we can ever do the horizontal, we got to do the vertical because the vertical gives us strength to do the horizontal. But what you mean by horizontal? See, the only way you can express what you have with Jesus on the vertical is how you act horizontally. Oh, let's go there. There's no way you can say, I love Jesus and hate your brothers and sisters. <laughs> There's no way you can be full of the Holy Ghost and got a nasty attitude with everybody else. There's something about our relationship with Jesus that keeps you where nothing else can keep you. When this in our lives is messed up, there's an indication I'm not looking, you're not looking at Jesus. My brothers and sisters, we have to walk in the presence of the Holy Spirit every day. Christ ought to be so real that it affects everything else. There got to be such a vertical relationship with him that no matter what comes our way, there is a power on the inside that rises up just in time that when you get ready to do something, Something on the inside says, no, 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 no. The problem is when we are not vertically acknowledging him, then though the Holy Spirit is saying no, we can't hear it. Wait a minute, there's another level to this. There's another level to this. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul talks about all the trouble he's been in. Huh? Doing what he's supposed to do and being persecuted in tribulation doing what he's supposed to do. Let me just tell you right now. The closer you get to Jesus, <laughs> the more trouble going to come your way. So somebody said, I understand that preacher. Well, let me explain. While you're not doing nothing, the devil's not worried about you. Why? Because you're doing nothing. But the moment your life starts having an impact for the kingdom of God, I declare, I declare, money get funny, husband get funny, wife get funny, Cats get funny, dog get funny, cat get funny, parents start cussing, everything, everything start going. Do I have any witnesses in the house? I mean, I mean, is it just me? There's a bigger devil 
grace, the more grace you have, the more power you have. Whoever told us that your joy is based on what's happened around you, not joy, not your happiness, may be based on your happenstance. But you can't tell me that you can be in the midst of the storm and still get joyful, still have a smile, still hear a song, still get prayed. There's something about joy that is impressible. Satan tries to, tries to put it down, but the more he presses it down, the more it shoots up. I told you I tried to drown a beach ball that had air in it. I couldn't drown it. Well, you know why? Because there was air on the inside. If you got the Holy Ghost on the inside, regardless what the world throws at you, you still will come up singing, you'll come up praying, you'll come up praising, you'll come up, you'll come up, you'll come up, you'll come up. It gets hard sometimes, feel like throwing in the towel sometimes, but something on the inside. Go to bed, say, I quit. Wake up in the morning and say, I'm ready to fight some more. Jeremiah said, I ain't saying that no more. Lord, you, you betrayed me. You never told me that they were going to do this to me. You never told me the trouble I was going to have speaking up for you. You never told me it was going to be this hard. He said, I'm going to shut my mouth. Since opening my mouth, then got me in trouble, I done made up my mind. I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm not singing no more. I'm not preaching no more. I'm not talking no more. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Try it. I dare you. <laughs> Try it. I dare you. If you really got the real thing, try it. I dare you. Because it's not about your mouth. It's in your spirit. And God has a way of getting your attention. You flipping channels. And as you are surfing channels, somebody on TV said, Jesus is good. You listening to one-on-one point whatever. And they put a gospel song on. Walking down the street, somebody singing Amazing Grace. Know what? You can't get away from Jesus if you want to. No matter where you go, a little bird will come up to you. Cheep, 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 cheep. A rabbit will bounce and say, ain't he good? I, I, I declare. Y'all, y'all must think I'm crazy. I'm not crazy. It's just that once you know him, you got to can't help him. Oh. 
said I was, I was shipwrecked. I've been beaten. I've been persecuted. I mean, this joker gets stoned. And then him getting stoned, he gets up from being stoned and goes from place and preach. Wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. Unless he had seen something that was greater than what he was going through. Y'all don't hear me. What you see about Jesus got to be bigger than your trouble. What you see in him got to be greater than what the world can offer. It's not that he is suffering any lack, but what we see is suffering lack. Watch this. In Genesis chapter 2, when God makes Adam and Eve and give them, give them dominion over the whole earth. He put the natural, so he put the seeds, he put the oil, he put the gold, he put the silver, he put all that, knowing and giving man a creative mind that he would take the raw stuff and produce everything. Listen to the blessing. He says, I have blessed you to give increase. Listen to this. God's original plan was for man to use all that he has given him on the inside to produce increase in everything else. Yes, Lord Jesus. Not a new concept. But the revelation of it hit me last week. Like I have never seen this before. Listen to what I'm saying. Everything that God has given us, everything, 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 he expects us to bring increase to his glory. Amen. Y'all didn't get that. Some of y'all didn't get that. Listen. None of it is about us. All of it is about him. Now listen to what I'm saying. See, if he has given you a talent to be a great football star, then once you get on that platform and they put a mic and camera in front of you, you ought to say, I give thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ who has given me my gifts and talents. It's not just what we do in church. It's outside of church. It's being all you can be so that when people come around to see you, that it gives glory to God. Hold on. Listen, listen. Watch this. It's required for a steward to be faithful. Listen. Let me talk to some mothers and some fathers. Even if your child has gone wayward, as long as you raised them right, you don't have to worry about the fruit of that. Because what God blesses is the faithfulness of the steward that you did your part to raise them up in the right way. 
even if they right now ain't doing what they're supposed to do. It is a credit to your account as good. I think that what, what, what 1 Corinthians chapter 3 is telling us, when it talks about the judgment seat of Christ, which is not talking about going to heaven or hell, but it's talking about our lives being judged by him. You already made it. You already in. What God going to do is break down every part of our lives and say, did this give me increase? 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 Listen, every skill, every talent. God says, this is what he said. He said, your children is my inheritance. They are the inheritance of the, I was always troubled by that. I said, well, well, how is our children your inheritance? He said, they're my children. I gave them to you for you to turn them over to me because they're my inheritance. Wait a minute, let's take that concept in every way. My money. My car. My... Terry, can I use you as an example? You had opportunities to go into the secular world and make a lot of money. You could be in a matching girl. <laughs> Having a driver driving you, girl. Shoot. Alisa Keys, before there was Alisa Keys, girl. She would have been the next Terry Anderson, girl. <laughs> but you chose the same gospel. And it may not pay all that much right now. Oh, you may not have a mansion now. Oh, sometimes folks who playing getting blessed down here. And here you are trying to live it and sing it, and it seems like it's unfair. But I want you to know, when you stand before your Jesus, your Savior, your Deliverer, your Waymaker, and he said, I gave you the ability to sing and to play. What did you do with it? You're going to have abundant crop of what the Lord has done through you because you allowed him to. And God's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Come on up and allow me to give you all of this. Oh, he's good. Right now he's good. Don't ever think being faithful on this side won't pay on the other side. Oh, uh, I think he even allow us to get wet down here. Uh, what would you mean by that? If you're going to be a blessing, if the blessing going to come through you, some of the blessing got to get on you. You're going to get wet. Every pipe that got water running through it get wet by the water. I, is there any wet Christians in the house? 
Uh, are you wet yet? Has God been using you and blessing you at the same time? And, and, and all you know is he good. You don't know how he does it, but he does it. By the world standards, you may not be that blessed, but you know on the inside how blessed you are. He has kept you. He has made a way out of nothing. You would have lost your mind. It's looking through all the static. It's looking through all the mess and still seeing Jesus. It's looking through all the hurt, all the pain, all the struggle, and still seeing him. What I am discovering as long as I got my eyes on him, I got the ability to walk on water. Here they are in the storm. The, rock, the boat is being rocked back and forth. And it seems like that they all by themselves. Have you been there? Here you are, rolling. And the storm is preventing you from going forward. Am I talking to anybody? You've been stuck in a rut for too long. It's not like you ain't trying. You rolling. Hey, check this out. The storm got so rough, you drop your oars. Now you in a boat in the storm with no oars. Hold on, to make matters worse, you can't swim. You, you're in a predicament. You're being tossed to and fro. The boat is getting full. It's storming. It's dark. It's all good up. And your oars done fell. And you can't swim. Hold on. And you think you see sharks fins. There's always folks waiting for you to fall. There's always somebody who say, I know she ain't all that. I know he ain't all that. There's always somebody waiting for the worst to happen. They can't wait till you let go of your intent, they sharks, they sharks, they sharks. And they circle and say, wait till they fall in the water and eat them up. Here come Jesus. He don't say peace to the storm. He don't stop the rain. But he come walking on top of the water. Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. And he wants some of us to be like Peter. You don't ask him to get in the boat, but you got enough faith to say, Lord, if it's you, beat me to come to you. I got my eyes on you, Lord, and I believe as long as I got you, I can do anything. Even walk on the water, that stormy water, the rainy water, that's the raging 
you know that if you keep your eyes on Jesus, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing that can stop you. You walk on devil's head. You walk on demon's head. The devil fears what's inside of you because the Holy Ghost abides in you. Greater is he that is in you than that is in the world. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. What we don't get is this. The rougher the storm, the greater the praise. Yes, sir. When you've been through a whole lot and you have a nobody but Jesus experience, you got to praise that folks think you crazy. Know what? Don't be cute about it. Look back. How far he brought you, what it kept you from. Tell somebody, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because the power of this gospel saved me. You don't understand where I came from. I came from the guttermost, the uttermost. You don't know what I've been through. The troubles I see. But Jesus makes everything all right. The church ought to be folks that say, but Jesus makes everything all right. I see something. I see something. What you see, yes, I see the storm. Yes, I see the rain. Yes, I see the way. But I think I see somebody walking on water. I think I see somebody coming through the darkness. And he's coming just for me. I was in his eyes all the time. And right when I needed him the most, he came walking, he came running, he came skipping just to get me. Is there anybody going through something? Hold on, hold on, look to the hills. But with cometh your help, but your help, your help, your help, your help, your help, your help. Your help, your help, your help coming from the Lord. I don't know how he does it. Right when you don't think you can take anymore. I got to go back more time. My question, my question, and I've been wrestling with this. Lord, you are sovereign, so you know everything. Which means that before it got to me, it had to come through you. Hmm. 
why? Then you stop it before it got to me. Huh. Another question. Another question. Another question. Another question. Another question. If you are already intending on not destroying the children of Israel when Moses is praying to you, then why do you let Moses see your anger and act like Moses changed your mind when you don't change your mind? God is trying to draw something out of us. It's on the inside, but it's not real until it manifests on the outside. Faith is not real faith until you exercise it. It's in you. It's in your spirit, man. The seed is there. But everybody knows it takes the pressure and the heat of the soil to make the seed go pop. All right, all right, all right. What God is doing in our lives and the reason why he's allowing certain things to happen is because he's trying to bring out something in your spirit that unless the process makes it go pop, you will never be what he has called you to be. And our lives will never shine to the glory of him the way it's supposed to shine to his glory. We think it's about now, but it's really all about then. And unless, unless he brings it out, we will not receive or be what he has called us to be and experience him at the level we need to experience him unless he allow the heat, the storm, the trouble to bring it out. Peter never would have known he could walk on water by faith unless the storm won the can. What is God bringing out of you that others will praise his name because of what he has formed, made, created in you by what you're going through? I think there will be nobody in heaven that would say, why, Lord? I think when we get there, and we really see the magnitude of what he's been up to, all of us will fall on our face before him and say, thank you, Lord. I never knew you loved me so much. Lord, thank you, Lord, because you was trying to bring glory out of me that I don't want to be. So that's why we're going to take our crowns because we're going to say we don't deserve it. But I'm going to throw it. You're going to throw it at his 
feet and say, all glory belong to you, Lord. All glory belong to you. Wait a minute. I believe that we ought not just to do it then. I think we ought to do it now. I think that in our life, we ought to say, Lord, all glory belong to you, Lord. The glory of my life is really your glory. Because if you have not have saved me, Vertical Christianity takes it from us, put it back on him, and we are blessed when we bless him. There is no other way. There is no other way. Do you know him today? Do you know Jesus? Not just have information. Do you know him? Yes, sir. Where that no matter what you go, I mean, after the fussing, after the complaining, after the arguing, but at the end of the day, you say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I don't like what you're taking me through. I don't like what I'm going through. But Lord, I see you. And in seeing you, you make everything all right. You're more glorious. You're more wonderful. You're more excellent. You're more loving than I ever thought possible. Today, Lord, today, Lord, I choose to praise you, Lord, and to trust you. Today, are you here today? We got preachers that will pray with you that will show you how to know Jesus, how to have a relationship with this Savior, with this Redeemer, with this Waymaker. He, he's the brightest of 10,000. He's the bright and morning star. He's the lily in the valley. He's the great I am. He's God all by himself. It is to see him. In your life, once you see him, can't help but praise him in the change today. As we stand, he's drawing you closer. He want to draw you in. want to draw you into the fire. Until you are on fire for him today.